Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning again. I am Carmen LaBerge. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. So for those of you who might be with us for the very first time today, our goal here is to encourage you to reconnect the eternal with the everyday, to gain God's perspective on what's happening in your life and, yes, in the headline news, that we would be people who would cultivate the mind of Christ on the matters of the day and then walk our faith out into the world that God so loves and do so in ways that honor Jesus. So thanks for being here. Um, I like to call what we do a form of like conversational apologetics. Like how are we going to get God back into the conversations that people are having today? So here are a few headlines that we will uh, seek to address here uh, pretty quickly. This is like the popcorn portion uh, of the program. So on Friday, 39 American citizens and other lawful residents uh, of the United States of America were evacuated from Afghanistan uh, by a volunteer group called Project Dynamo. Thousands of Afghans who assisted the U.S. during the 20-year war against the Taliban um, have been relocated. Many of them are in neighboring countries and others have been evacuated to other parts of the world, some of them here to the United States. But hundreds of thousands remain stranded inside the country. And so let's be praying ardently for them as their um, as their stories come forward. Uh, they are very, very difficult to hear. And so we want to keep in mindful of and in prayer people like John Bradley, uh, who's been on the program several times to talk about the Lamia Foundation and what they're doing um, in relationship to all of the people you know, that they have relationships with in Afghanistan. So let's be praying during this season for Um, that continuing challenge. The FDA, that would be the Food and Drug Administration, those are the people who are in charge of, like, you know, what's legally available to you uh, and me. They have permanently, now that's an interesting word, but it appears twice in in this storyline, the FDA is permanently allowing abortion pills, two different abortion pills, to be available by mail and prescribed through telehealth consultations, which means you don't actually have to go see a doctor and you don't um, actually have to go to a drugstore to uh, receive what would be called, they use the word medical abortion, but it's really a chemical abortion. Um, So these abortion pills used to require in-person visits with, you know, a doctor um, and then, you know, actually going to a drugstore and filling that prescription. All of that has been lifted. Those requirements have been lifted during COVID, and the FDA has now made this sort of long-distance prescription and delivery option, quote-unquote, permanent. Now, I recognize that permanent is only as permanent as the administration um, that is doing this by executive action. Remember that um, parts of the government, like the FDA, are actually you know, operated under the executive branch, and so that's what's going on here. 
And then um, really quickly here, uh, TikTok, um, which is a social media platform, actually, like, you know, which is not reality, right? It's social media. It's not TikTok's not like a real place. It's a it's a place, but it's not, you know, it's not like terra firma. Um, but what happened on TikTok actually had real real world implications on Friday when it disrupted schools across the country. Uh, numerous public schools uh, actually either shut down on Friday um, and student and other students in other places didn't go to school on Friday because on TikTok there was a trend circulating that had some kind of vague reference to shootings or bomb threats and um, and basically on TikTok, TikTok said, you know, don't go to school. Um, more than a half dozen Houston school districts actually directed their students to leave their backpacks at home. Atlanta public schools increased school security um, and also allowed parents to keep their children at home. And then several districts in Minnesota canceled classes uh, or switched to remote learning altogether. Uh, I think that this will only be the first. If students figure out that via social media they can make some sort of vague reference to some potential threat and then just tell everybody to stay home from school and it actually results in school districts shutting down school, yeah. Um, I'm a kid that doesn't want to go to school. I'm thinking that using TikTok to make that happen in the future is probably a thing. So we got to start talking about that. Like, you got to talk with your students about that where you are. All right, next up, Dr. Linda Mental. You hear her on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. She's going to talk with us today about fighting COVID fatigue during the holidays. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of it. Aren't you tired of it? What are you tired of? We're going to talk about that next. Dr. Linda Mental is joining us again today. Good morning, Linda. Good morning. And you always give me such disturbing headlines before I come on. I'm really <laughs> upset about that abortion story that you read. I'm just thinking yes. what other medical procedure would be allowed to happen to an underage kid without any type of medical oversight. Um, you know, so many things can go wrong. You can bleed out. There's so many issues with that. It's just so irresponsible. It just makes me mad. So thanks for getting Well, and dealing, dealing with the trauma on your own. Yes. yes. Let's just and talk about that. Play out. I know. It's just awful. It's just wrong in every sense of the word. And it, it's, you know, I hope that I hope that gets looked at at some point. Yeah, we'll spend more time on that after the first of the oh. year, I'm sure. Um, let's talk about what's between now and the end of the year, which would be both the holidays and um, like I don't know if the media could be more upset and stirred up about the latest wave of COVID. And I recognize that the Omicron variant is um, highly transmissible and causing lots of problems in lots of places. But, you know, to be frank, I'm tired of it. I know. I know. I know. I read when I read the story uh, that I blogged about uh, in terms of all the the very responsible people, the medical professionals, the public health, um, you know, workers, all of these people who went to a wedding and were all double vaccinated, boosted, wore their masks, except they didn't wear their mask when they were eating and drinking because that's very difficult to do. 
And then a number of them came down with COVID, probably Omicron or, or Delta as a breakthrough. And it's just like you figure I'm, I'm doing all the right things. I'm trying to be safe, protect my family, not bring this to the elderly, which is always the biggest concern we have because of their ability to, you know, ward off the virus from their immune system. And then all of this breakout happens. So it just gets very uh, frustrating over time. And I think a lot of people uh, have COVID fatigue. And uh, I, I just, that article I was reading and it said, you know, we all have COVID fatigue, but the virus does not. Mm. And I thought, yeah, that's the issue. Because Carmen, I get two or three articles every day on the what, what where we're at progress-wise from very reputable medical um, journals and organizations. And it's just, you know, we thought we had a handle on this with Delta going forward, with getting more people vaccinated, and then this starts again. So I, I think we just have to be so careful to stay vigilant in the things that we know and keep doing what we're doing. But it does make your holiday planning difficult. And, yeah. it you know, you have to have these critical conversations again with your family members. You have to figure out how much risk you want to take and who you're going to take that with. And and families are getting tired. I, I understand it. But we, we do need to stay vigilant. All right. So let's just talk about spending time with grandma and grandpa. Let's mm-hmm. let's focus on the concerns related to them. Um, and let's say, you know, uh, we're going to see grandma and grandpa, but we're going to see grandma and grandpa after having spent a whole day with nieces and nephews and cousins and friends. Yeah, it's concerning. Um, again, it depends on who's vaccinated. And, you know, if you have people vaccinated and now boosted, because we we do know that there is waning immunity uh, with the, the original vaccinations. I was in the first wave because I am a healthcare provider and I had my booster uh, a month ago. So I was getting ready for the holidays in case, you know, I was going to be exposed to older people. I wanted to make sure I was boosted and I would certainly wear my masks around those people. So I would say that if you are are going to be with the elderly, you have to do some testing. And fortunately now there are home tests that you can buy. And, you know, there's a lot of drive-through clinics in a lot of areas. And I would say to keep them safe, I would do uh, some testing and make sure that everybody, that nobody's positive because the last Mm -hmm. thing you want to do is, you know, you be, you have a very mild case uh, maybe a breakthrough case, and then you know suddenly you're giving it to an elderly parent, and that's just going to be so hard for people to deal with long term, if that right. happens. Um, my my brother uh, recently, uh, you know, was at an event, and they were being careful, and they're vaccinated, but they did get COVID again, and they had to cancel Thanksgiving. So, you know, they had to cancel their plans and quarantine, um, even though they got over it fairly quickly. The mild, thank goodness. They were both vaccinated and it was mild and they got over it quickly, but it it canceled the entire Thanksgiving event because they were hosting. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know, you need to think about who you're going to be around and you need to have conversations about how much risk you are going to take. And then the willingness of people to be, you know, vaccinated and and wearing their masks. I think that's going to be critical again, unfortunately, this year. If you're all vaccinated, you're all boosted. And, uh, you know, if nobody's symptomatic, then you can probably have a much more normal type of um, holiday. But if not, you really have to think through all of this. And I would yeah. I would push people to my blog because there's a wonderful article 
by an epidemiologist on there that gives some more specific guidelines. All right. And to find that, we are going to go to drlindamental.com. Yes? Yes. Yes. And Fantastic. And be there. Yep. yep. DrLindaMental.com and click on the blog. Um, Linda and I are going to be right back. Um, I thought it would be helpful maybe, Linda, to talk about anticipating some family um, issues before the holidays. Um, just just maybe how to prepare ourselves again um, for the diversity of people and opinions that are going to, um, we are in, inevitably going to encounter in the next few days. Can we do that? We can do that. Fantastic. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We're talking with Dr. Linda Mental. You can find what we're talking about today at drlindamental.com. We'll be right back. Continuing our conversation with Dr. Linda Mental, you can uh, listen to her here on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. You can also read what she's writing and thinking about at drlindamental.com. Um, Linda, let's talk about the uh, the stress that we experience um, this time of year in terms of engaging with family members um, who we maybe don't spend a lot of time with over the course of the year. Let's uh, anticipate family issues before we're actually, you know, in one another's presence in the next few days. And it, it really ties into, Carmen, what we were just talking about, because COVID adds another layer to that because there's so many conflicting ideas about what people should and should not do. So, you know, number one, you've got sometimes going to at a family event where there are a number of very unhappy memories associated with different people in that family. And so right away, you may be programmed to much more of a negative mood, just going in and thinking, oh, I know I'm going to feel triggered. I'm going to see that person. I'm going to remember what happened that time. So you need to be aware of those maybe triggering people or triggering events and, and then there are going to be a lot of people this year that are going to have loss at their tables. They're going to have people missing. And I was just heartbroken when I wrote about 140,000 children have lost a parent to COVID this year. Um, those kids are going to be without a mom or a dad and or a grandparent this year. And it's just going to be sad when you when you think about that at their table. I know I have good friends who have lost spouses uh, to COVID and it's going to be a hard, a hard holiday for all of them. And then we always have heightened stress around the holiday. We always have, you know, busyness and the cooking and the gift giving and the perfection that we place on trying to make this a hallmark moment where in most families, it certainly isn't that, (laughs) but we do want to make it positive. So we want to take steps to make this as positive as possible. So taking your point of anticipating, okay, so what are the normal issues that come up? What happens normally that gets you upset, angry, maybe wanting to leave, uh, you know, because of what's going on? Those are not going to change significantly unless your family's been in therapy all year and you've made Mm. good progress. So you know what they are. So I get people in, in in my therapy practice, I always had people think ahead. What is it that usually comes up? And then how do you respond to that? And if you don't like the way you respond to it, then you can focus on a different response. You know what's going to happen. And if you change your response, which is the only part of interactions with people that you have, you can actually change the whole interaction by changing your response. So that's the way to really think about it. When Uncle Ed 
gets really upset and starts to needle me, and then I get equally upset with him, and then I come back at him, and then we end up in a fight. Is there something else I could do? And when Uncle Ed starts to needle me, what else could I do besides matching his arguments? Maybe what I could do is just go, you know, wow, Uncle Ed, that's really interesting. Or, yep, we do disagree on that, and sort of drop it. And if you take a different response with the goal, and I really hope this is the goal for everybody, let's have a positive holiday as much as possible. We need a little joy in our in our life this this year again from from again from all the things that have been going on, and then make it make some positive memories. So maybe if you go into the holiday and you think, what can I do? Is there an activity? Can we play board games? Can we watch a fun movie? Can we start a, a, a new tradition? Can we, you know, get together and play a fun game um, like charades or something that could be funny and people could laugh and build some positive moments into the holidays so that in the future, when you get together with this family again, you're not going to just be thinking of all the horrible things that have happened in the past. All right. Here's a um, here's an idea for you. Take those empty boxes and turn them into little house shapes. So all you have to do is make the make the, you know, box top like a point instead of a you know, instead of flat. Um, okay. Pass them out and have everybody decorate the box as a gingerbread house. That's great. And, and any yeah. kind of activity, especially if you have kids around and you want to do something like we always, you know, did gingerbread houses themselves. We bought the ones that were I'm not really great at from scratch, but I can do it with a kit. So we would just buy the kits and we would have, you know, a lot of the younger children just involved in making the houses, decorating the houses, giving them something to do and getting them outside. And if you are anywhere, even if it's cold, if there's some sun, get outside, play in the snow or, you know, go ice skating or, you know, our family tradition, which was a crazy one, was we all went bowling um, mm. on the, on the, at Christmas after the big dinner and very few of us could bowl. So that was made it really fun because we were just really horrible at the game. We're giving that were really into it. That made it even more funny. I but, love that. We're, we're giving one of our, uh, one of the parts of our tribe ask for a croquet set. So I'm thinking that okay. after, after they open it, we break it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And yeah. we have a totally pool fun. table and a ping pong, you know, it's got ping pong on it and, We'll have tournaments and round robin and anything you can do to get people up, active, laughing, creating some joy around that day. You are creating memories. And I think that is the point to to think about. And this is the time, really, in terms of our faith, this is the time to offer a lot of acceptance of people, to offer grace. So we don't agree. So we, you know, we don't see things the same way. And maybe there is some difficulty in the family, but this is a time to really do what Jesus called us to do, to love one another and to think about other people above ourselves. I mean, that's why Christ came, right? Amen. God was thinking Amen. about us and needed a, we needed a salvation plan. And he sent us this incredible gift. Now let's give that gift to the people at our table and let's offer the grace that is so needed during these days and the civil conversations that Christians should lead with because of the love that we have in us. Let's be those mm -hmm. models, be those teachers during this time. Um, all right. And to the listener who says, hey, that's all wonderful counselor until the people overserve themselves. Um, let me just <laughs> say to you, be the host of the event and don't serve alcohol. It's just that simple. Right. Like, I mean, yeah, people, we invite everybody to our house. 
because then it's going to be an alcohol-free event. Like, that's how you control that. You you host and you don't serve. It's that simple. Yeah, and that makes such a difference because people do things they always regret when they're drinking, and people tend to overdrink in the holidays. So that is number one, number one. Just monitor that, Mm -hmm. control that, and don't give people the option to get disinhibited to the point where bad things happen. Great advice. Yeah, and then... Jim in Simsbury, Connecticut is chiming in. I love, with all capital letters, croquet. Smacking those balls around. Yeah, that's the, that's, that's, there you Get go. your energy. I know, right? Direct I'm telling you, that's why, that's why, that's why things like pool or air hockey or foosball, like yes. that's why they're so good because yeah. there is a little bit of smacking the ball around. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and going all right, out Linda, and we, playing, playing, playing football in the, you know, even totally. in the snow. Totally. I did see uh, for places that have a ton of snow, I did see an implement that you can attach to the end of your excavator that will make giant snowballs so you don't have to roll the base of the snowman. That's great. I know. I don't know anybody that has an excavator and has one of those, but now I want one. All right, Linda, thank you as always so much. All right. Have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's Dr. Linda Mental. You can find her at drlindamental.com. And you can listen to her on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. We'll be right back. All right. As you think back over 2021, are there storylines or themes that emerge, particularly when you think about um, the headline news of the day, the things that we have talked about Maybe there are things we should have talked about, but we didn't. We're going to talk to Colin Hansen from the Gospel Coalition about what makes his top 10 theological news stories of 2021 list, but it'd be a good list for each and every one of us to make on our own. Like, if you were going to make the top stories of your family, top 10 theological stories from your family in 2021, what would be on that list? Um, Yeah, it's a good thing to think about. We'll be right back. This is Max Lucado. So this is he, thought Gabriel. This is God's gift, a Savior. He shall save the people from their sins. Gabriel's heart was full. He turned to Mary as she cradled her child, and he spoke. It didn't matter that she couldn't hear him. Do you know who you hold, Mary? You secure the author of grace. He who is ageless is now moments old. He who strides upon the stars now has legs too weak to walk. The hands that held the oceans are now an infant's fist. To him who has never asked a question, you will teach the name of the wind. The source of language will learn words from you. He who has never stumbled, you will carry. He who has never hungered, you will feed. The king of creation is in your arms. This is Max Lucado. This, this is Christ the King, who shepherds God and angels. Joining me now, Colin Hansen. He is the Vice President for Content and Editor-in-Chief of the Gospel Coalition. You can read what we're going to be talking about today at thegospelcoalition.org. Colin, welcome back. Oh, it's so glad to be here. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. All right. I am looking at your piece on the top 10 theological news stories of 2021. So I'm going to like put a dime or a quarter in the machine and say, go. (laughs) Okay. Sounds great. Sounds great. Where do you want me to start? 
Yeah, I want you to start. Let's go. Let's do like you did. So this is like a countdown from story number 10 to story number one. So story number 10, you say, is welcome to the metaverse. But then you acknowledge that we might look back and say this should have been story number one. Oh, yeah, I really do think. I mean, in the future, we may look back and when all of us are living in virtual reality and we can't even remember what the what the real world feels like, we might remember the time when Facebook rebranded as Meta and all of these huge, the biggest technology companies in the world all went all in on virtual reality, alternate worlds, three-dimensional online spaces, things like that. Just imagine what that's going to mean for your church. Um, yeah, exactly. That's definitely I mean, a one story. Yeah, it's a huge story. I think that, you know, when churches are struggling to um, have people come back after COVID, you know, and they're looking at empty pews and um, this is just an added part of that. Like we're going to have to, as you say, we're going to have to make the case for the practical and theological value of getting together for corporate worship. I think there's no question about that. Yeah, that's uh, I, I, I worked on a book this last year called Rediscover Church, Why the Body of Christ is Essential. And that was a major argument we had to make there in the context of live streaming, uh, let alone now that we have these three-dimensional online worlds that are that are about to emerge. So, yeah, just a good time for uh, church leaders to study up on some of their anthropology. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, story number nine, Rising Generation Debates Loyalty to Pre-Reformation Creeds. Oh, yeah, this is a top theology story. So this is going to go under the radar for a lot of different people. But I'll put I'll put it this way. There's a tension between different church leaders of whether or not we should filter our theological conclusions with the with the assumptions that come from these ecumenical councils of the early church, meaning, you know, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed, the Apostles Creed, of course, th things like that that have been adopted by the church universal. Should we really be working through those assumptions, or should we start more strictly from the Bible and the Bible alone? And if that leads us to different conclusions, then we should go against those creeds, and we should go against some of the great theologians of church history. So especially argued among Baptists, but it can lead you to some some significant different uh, conclusions. But again, a little bit of an esoteric for a lot of people out there, but if you're uh, if you're following a lot of the theological debates, it's been a hot one, especially this last year, but really for the last five years or so. All right. And then let's talk about story number eight, because when we talk about, you know, the headline news of the day and the the theological subtext in right. many, many conversations that we have in the culture, the question of justice, guilt and innocence right. and responsibility is huge. So story number eight you have here as verdicts that revived trauma for some violence in 2020. Right. So two incidents from 2020, the murder of Ahmaud Arbery and then the shootings by Cal Rittenhouse. I think you know, we got those verdicts, of course, just even recently here in 2021. I think the easiest way to explain it is that if you think that number one priority for Christian leaders should be fighting persistent racism in our country, or on the other hand, resisting the spread of critical race theory, by the way, you could do both. But it tends to be the case that most people will prioritize one or the other or even altogether choose one or the other. How you go on that on that uh, decision probably bears a lot on which of those cases, the Rittenhouse case or the Arbery case, you see as more paradigmatic of the state of our country today. So a lot of our theological priorities depend on assumptions we make about which news stories to prioritize 
and which ones to not prioritize. Um, all right. So we're talking with Colin Hansen. We're talking about, you know, his sort of survey of the headline news from across this past year and, you know, what rises to the top in terms of the top theological headlines of the day. So we arrive at number seven, cultural and historical <laughs> shape of evangelicalism scrutinized. Um, yes. I, um, I sort of included in this all of the people who are like making public arguments for, quote unquote, walking away from their faith. Yes, that's right. Okay. So if you've if you've heard the popular term deconstruction, which started as a philosophical term, it's now morphed into essentially an, an explanation or a or a synonym for deconversion or apostasy or something like that. Now the tra- challenge here is that that's how some people use it, but then other people are saying, no, no, no. All I'm doing is I'm thinking about how my faith has been shaped too much by certain cultural factors. And I want to get back to a historic biblical faith. So that's part of the confusion of what makes this a big deal. And so there have been a number of best-selling major books this year that have essentially argued that evangelicalism is more or less just this compromised cultural fiction that's obsessed with war or obsessed with masculinity and power and dominance and things like that. And that's leading a lot of leading a lot of people to question their faith and some people to leave their faith altogether. So yeah, if you've heard somebody talking about deconstruction, a lot of high-profile cases of that, not so much this year, but really in re- recent years. Now it's become a popular phenomenon. We published a book on that at the Gospel Coalition called Before You Lose Your Faith. But yeah, major story in 2021, no doubt. All right, we're going to take a very brief break. When we come back, we're going to tick off the top six top six theological news stories of 2021 based on Colin Hansen's survey of the news they covered at the Gospel Coalition. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. All right, we're talking through the list of the top 10 theological news stories of 2021 with Colin Hansen from the Gospel Coalition. You can read more of what we're discussing at thegospelcoalition.org. I'd have to scroll back. Gospelcoalition.org. The Gospel Coalition. <laughs> org. Thank you. All right, um, Colin, we've arrived at uh, number six on the list, and let's maybe we clip through the next um, yep. couple pretty quickly here. Um, go ahead and yep. tell us what number six and then what number five are. Well, number six is, of course, we're awaiting some major decisions from the Supreme Court on abortion, especially, and there's no way to talk about abortion without reaching theological conclusions. Um, and so that's we're kind of awaiting that. But we saw a lot of talk about that there. And then number five, Southern Baptist Convention, big fights in their presidential election, really about, I mean, how do you what priority do you make on Southern culture versus what priority do you make on historic Baptist separatism and political independence in our culture? If anybody who watched what played out this weekend at First Baptist Dallas, you can see exactly why that made my top 10 list for this last year. Yeah, and if you're listening to um, Faith Radio, then you're very familiar with J.D. Greer. Um, we broadcast right. Summit Life and um, appreciate his ministry. So he's been a part of that storyline as well. Um, let's talk about Absolutely. story number four. A lot of people listening um, here have been very, very concerned about the United States withdrawal from Afghanistan and all of our partners as well and how that has threatened uh, Christians there in the country. And that makes uh, number the number four story on your list. Yeah, what would you do if you were there? Do you leave your family? Do you leave your church? 
What, what if you're a church leader? Do you leave behind other new Christians that you've been leaving? Those are theological questions that you have to answer in terms of your trust of God's providence. Just an agonizing situation. I think so many of us could could relate because we could see this tragedy unfolding in real time. And in so many ways, it felt so preventable. And yet somehow we reflect on that in, the, in light of God's providence and continue to pray. And we published articles reflecting on that from Afghani uh, church leaders. So I'm kind of glad that vaccines um, and church divisions related to COVID-19 is only story three, but it also <laughs> troubles me that it's story three on the list. True. So so yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that. Well, you know, a lot of the stories really in 2021 were continuations of things from 2020. What I basically want to point out is that anybody who had been talking about vaccines for a variety of different things before 2021 could realize what was going to happen this year. And I would say that the simplest way to, to think about this is that it's become very difficult, if not impossible right now, for anybody to agree on shared facts about anything, especially through this pandemic. How, does, how do you do that in a church leadership context? It's exceptionally difficult. And I just we need a lot of grace to abound to all of us at this time, especially as we, we see another spike and another round of debates over this stuff in our churches. All right, number two on your list is a podcast. Um, I think that's going to surprise people that, you know, of the top theological headlines from 2021 at the Gospel Coalition, a podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, makes the list. You say here that Mike Cosper's podcast, The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill, is the most important breakthrough in Christian media from the last decade. That's a pretty strong statement by Colin Hansen. Yeah, so I would say, you know, Carmen, so much of what you do— so much of what I do, we're, we're, in, we're in a lot of these patterns that have persisted. We're doing the same kind of media in some ways that we've been doing for a while. There has never been this kind of narrative podcast breakthrough in terms of nearing or hitting the top of the global charts for all podcasts. It's been pretty amazing with that. But of course, it's just this endlessly fascinating and depressing in so many ways story about Mars Hill and Mark Driscoll's ministry. But I think the reason it hits so hits so popularly with people is because of the rise of skepticism toward church leaders in general, because I don't think it's a coincidence. This also follows Christianity Today, uh, their revelations about Ravi Zacharias. A really high degree of skepticism right now toward church leaders and this podcast that just hit hundreds of thousands, millions of listeners around the world definitely hit that right at that uh, right at that moment. And so I'd imagine we're going to see a lot of imitations in the years to come. So I was hoping that the number one um, headline was going to be something like this. Um, 30 million new believers, uh, you know, in Christ <laughs> in the United States of America in 2021. Instead, it is the U.S. Capitol storming, which... Sure. Um, you know, has unleashed a flurry of debates over all kinds of things. And right. Christian nationalism is uh, right. is a phrase we hear often. We don't necessarily right. all totally understand it, but it's out there. So yeah. this is the number one story on your list. Yeah, it is. And it can be a little bit, I, there was no other news story this year with theological implications that persisted the entire year. We're still talking about this almost as much as we were talking about it at the beginning of the year on January 6th itself. And the way I define Christian nationalism is pretty simple. It's when you take 
the new, the Old Testament especially, its applications toward the people of God, you apply that to the United States. But I don't think that's something that's emerged recently. I think that's actually something that's been fairly well embedded into all of American history as a theological assumption for many Christians. But I think when you combine that with a sense that if we don't do something right now, we're going to lose our very way of life. We're going to lose the church. We're going to lose our faith. That can lead to some of the, the panic and some of the concern that we saw around the 2020 election that played out in January 6th. But I also mentioned this one as the top because I don't think we're going to look back in history and see 2020 and 2021 as really very distinct years. I think they're all going to just smoosh together as one long, never-ending year. And that was part of why we were not able in any way to put behind the 2020 election. Really, it just kept going through 2021, especially because of the, the events on January 6th, leading into the inauguration on January 20th. So, yeah, top story. We never know, though, what heaven's top stories were. These are just mine for my observations. So, Carmen, I'm sure and I'm, I'm hopeful that from God's perspective, maybe that, you know, those stories maybe are far more encouraging than the ones that I found in 2021. Yeah, I think that the, um, you know, from the heaven perspective uh, on every year, I talk about this at the, on the last day of the year and I talk about it on the first day of the year and I should talk about it more throughout the year. This is the year of the Lord. And for some people, this is the year of salvation. And so for, you know, in our families, the top theological story, the top theological news story is the story of the child who came to faith, the prodigal who returned, the marriage that was restored, um, the, the person who is now faithfully living, even though they're living with addiction. I mean, on and on and on, right? There is the, um, there is the reclamation of people and hope. In Christ Jesus, and that's the top theological story in our lives. But those do yeah. not make the news. Um, but those are those are the good news stories. And so, yeah. um, you know, we we recognize that your job is hard, um, and we and we thank you. We thank you for doing it so faithfully. Really, oh, I appreciate that. I I released a book this year called Gospel Bound, trying to compile those positive stories that don't make the news. And I expected people to be looking for a lot of hope, especially in this year after a lot of the discouragement of last year. But it seems as though so many of us remain stuck in this rut of, of fear and of, of loathing toward other people. And it's, it's really, I mean, I can't avoid it. That's what I see at every turn, wherever, mm -hmm. wherever I look. But, but, you know, you're exactly right. When you're thinking about your actual church, your actual life, the things that you're going to remember for decades to come are likely to be those things right there, just personally, what the Lord's doing in your life, in your church life, in your community life. And, and I'm hopeful that when people see this list, they say, oh, that doesn't reflect any of my experience. <laughs> this was an especially discouraging list this year, even oh. last year's had a little bit more hope. So. Well, and you guys can read the other, the list from prior years at thegospelcoalition.org. And if you're thinking to yourself, hey, I think we heard about that book. Yep, that's because we talked with um, his <laughs> co-author, right. Sarah Zylstra, right. about that back in April. So if you want right. to go back and grab that, that podcast is still available at MyFaithRadio.com. Colin, as always, thank you so much for what you do every day at the Gospel Coalition. Um, maybe more importantly, thank you for what you do, uh, you know, at your local church and, um, and at Beeson and, and on and on and on. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Carmen. It's always a treat. And again, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. That's Colin Hansen. You can find him at thegospelcoalition.org. We'll be right back.
Okay, where in the word are you today? I am in Luke chapter 20. We are reading through the Bible together, and today's December the 20th. So we've arrived at Luke chapter 20, and guess who is on the podcast today? Yeah, that would be me. All right, so if you go to MyFaithRadio.com, if you haven't joined us already, reading through the Bible, uh, the Gospel of Luke this month, during this month of December, um, yeah, we're going to do Luke chapter 20 together. I'm on the podcast with Angela Smith. Um, So join us there. And... And I am going to sort today through my 21 different wrapping papers to figure out whose gifts to wrap in which thing. If you're still in a position to make a year-end gift here at My Faith Radio, yeah, you, there's no need to wrap it. You just go to MyFaithRadio.com and donate now or text the word GIVE to 877-933-2484. No special wrapping paper necessary. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.